Hey everyone, it's going to be a great, great day today. Are you ready for it? I hope you are. I know I am. Hey, before we jump into our creed and the message and everything today, I did want to let everyone know, uh, I don't know if online can do this. I don't know if you can online, but I know people that are uh, in Dallas definitely can. Uh, but we have an internship that we're going to be starting uh, this upcoming summer. Really excited about it. We've done it over the last number of years. Uh, this is not to say this would happen to you, but I know a number of our interns have actually ended up even being on the staff team uh, after some period of time. That is not a promise that we make at all. Uh, but what we can promise is development and growth and encouragement and challenge to really try to help you become who God has called you to be. So this upcoming summer, you got some time. I know we have a lot of teachers a lot of times that will jump on and be an intern. We would love for you to do that. Just go to the Shoreline City website. You go there, you fill out the little applications, want to make sure you're not crazy. And if you are crazy, we'll send you to another church to do an internship there. Uh, so, no, I will we'll love you exactly how you are, uh, but you won't be serving with the kids. We, uh, we do have a creed we do every week, and if you're with us for the first time, uh, this creed is something uh, that helps reorient our hearts around the truth of what Scripture says about us and our relationship with God. Uh, so we're actually going to say it all together on the count of three. If you're with us online, you can say it out loud as well. You ready? One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. Can we clap our hands? We got North. We got North. We got Antigua. We got online. We got all of us together today. I'm so excited about what God has in store for us. I, uh, over these last couple of weeks we have been growing together i don't know about y'all but i have felt incredibly encouraged and if you're with us for the first time then you maybe have felt no growth whatsoever and that's why you are with us today uh, because you're ready to become all that god has called you to be uh, we have been on this journey and been talking about the idea of being planted versus potted and we are the people that are planted by streams of water and not people that are potted in something limited that will stunt our growth and stop us from becoming and fulfilling the purpose and the potential that God has given us. Some of you uh, may remember, but we started out in John chapter 15 in verses four through eight. I actually wanna read that right now. These are the words of Jesus and he's speaking them to me. He's speaking them to you. And here's what Jesus is saying. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, you see this word over and over and over again, remain, remain, remain. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, there's the word again, remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
Some of you may remember us talking about being planted, that we are the type of individuals that are like palm trees. We bend but don't break. We are the individuals that are, that are home now. We're, we're taking off those boxing gloves, right? And we're, we're unpacking our bags. We're saying, God, I, I want to remain. I, w- I want to be where you've called me to be. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to step in to what you've called me to step into. So if you're not up to date on all these messages, you can go online and you can grab all of them. But, but today, today we're going to uh, end this little remain series with this title. But why? But why? Turn to your neighbor and say, but why? But why? But why? Tell them, but why? But why? But why? If you have kids, you have heard this. If you have teenagers, (laughs) you have heard this. But why? We're going to walk through this passage of scripture today, and I'm really, really excited about it. I'm not sure if you all remember, but our north location actually has a new location, so we're really excited about that. We're actually meeting at the Angelica Movie Theater now at the shops at Legacy, so I'm really excited. So if you have any friends that live in that Plano, Frisco, McKinney area, please let them know uh, to jump on this journey uh, with us. But we're going to walk through these words of Jesus here, and I pray that it could just, I mean, just life just vision, just purpose, just joy, just hope fills all of our hearts as we begin to unlock Christ's words here. Do you guys hear a jingling? I don't know. I love your child, whoever's child that is, but that jingling is going to jack me up today. (laughs) We're going to have to shut down the jingling. A little bit of crying I get, but the jingling, that's tough. That's going to be tough. (laughs) As the fa- some of y'all from churches, there was like, ah, thank you, Jesus. Got the tambourine, right? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> all right, all right. As the Father has loved me, this is verse number nine, John chapter 15, verse number nine, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. I, uh, I've had some friends talking to me about cryptocurrency. Like, hey, Earl, you got any crypto? You got any, you got any cryptocurrency? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have any. I don't, you need some. And they're, they're, they're telling me about, you know, Bitcoin. Uh, how many of y'all have some cryptocurrency? You, uh, any hands up? You see how many people are like, I don't want to admit it. I, <laughs> some folks online, you, you got cryptocurrency? I, 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 don't, I don't have any. I don't, I don't have any cryptocurrency. But they're telling me, my friends are telling me, you need some cryptocurrency. Now, I guess things might be a little bit volatile right now. Maybe that whole market is volatile and things maybe aren't as worth what they were worth. But... But if you invested in cryptocurrency, you know, a couple years ago, you'd be doing okay. I mean, I, I actually got on a little, cal- a little calculator real quick, and I, I typed in, say I, put, say I had $10,000, and I put it in to Bitcoin a couple of years ago, like three years ago. You know what that $10,000 could be worth today? $50,000. So I'm getting me some cryptocurrency. No, I, 
I honestly still am a little bit, you know, a little bit leery, and this is not investment advice, okay? Do not take investment advice uh, from me. I don't want any of y'all saying, well, my pastor was a word from the Lord, and I put all my, no, 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 no. They're telling me I need, now, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. There's like Bitcoin. There's Ethereum. You ever heard? Of, I, I didn't even know about this stuff. There's something called Ripple. I thought you drank that, but there's, there's all these different, there's like 4,000 different cryptocurrencies out there. If I told you, if I walked up to you and I was like, hey, hey, I got some Litecoin for you. Matter of fact, I've got a bunch of it. I've got a ton of Litecoin I want to give to you. You'd be like, oh, oh, okay. It has no value. And because, sorry, it has no value to us because we don't really understand it. But if you understand it and you recognize the value in it, it carries so much more weight. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And since we don't understand the value of how much God loves Jesus, when Jesus lets us know that he loves us the same way that God loves him, it might as well be like somebody telling us, I've got Litecoin. I don't understand the weight of it because I don't understand the value of it. And I just wish, I wish I had the next quarter century to try to unwrap just this one verse right here. But even if it took me 25 years, I could not mind the depths of the beauty and the majesty of the love of God that is unconditional, unchanging, unending, was here before you got here and will be going long after you and I are gone. A love that is so absolutely overwhelming that you and I cannot stay the same when we actually taste and see that the Lord is good. When you and I actually get a glimpse of the power and the majesty and the glory of the love of God, you and I cannot keep walking the same. The reason individuals keep living the way they're living is they don't really understand understand how much they're loved. So we think we need something else to complete us still. We think we need someone else to complete us. We still think we're, we're still searching all around. And Jesus here lets us know this glorious promise that he loves us with the same passion, the same purity, and the same priority that the father loved him. This is the power and the beauty that you and I find in Jesus Christ. We're about to walk through some verses here, y'all, and I pray after we are done today, our eyes are open wide. I, I felt a mandate from heaven. I, just got, I, I felt a mandate from heaven, like God put me on assignment today to talk to his kids, to help his kids, me included, understand who he is and where he's calling us and how he sees us and how we ought to see him. And the world has tried to distort, dare I say, 
the enemy of our souls has tried to distort the love of God and our relationship with God and it has slowed us down and hindered us from being all that God has called us to be. But today, I am praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that there would be like a cloak that would come off of our eyes and whatever is blocking our hearts, that would be taken away and we'd be able to receive completely and fully what God has for us today. I'm praying this over you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love, Jesus says. Now remain in my love. Now, earlier we we saw a bunch of different benefits from remaining. uh, That's what we read in verses 4 through 8. Those of you who like taking notes, I got some good notes uh, for you today. I know sometimes I'm not the best one to follow with notes. I recognize that. But but today I've got some because remain keeps us in Jesus. We read that a little bit earlier. Remain keeps your prayers powerful. Remember, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done by my Father in heaven. Remain keeps you bearing fruit and bringing glory to God. Like remaining, there are some powerful benefits with remaining. And Jesus says, I want you to remain in my love. Now, how do you remain in his love? If there are so many benefits, and if Jesus is calling us to do it, how do you remain in his love? The world says you remain in love by doing what feels good. That's what the world tells us. The world says if you want to remain in love, do what feels good to you. If it feels good, thank you. If it feels good, do it. If, you, if you're feeling right, do it. If you're happy, do it. If, if it makes you, if, 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 if you want to, do it. That, that's what the world tells us. The world tells us if, if, if it doesn't feel good, quit. Just quit it. Just quit. Just go another direction. Do what you want to do. Go your own way. Hey, a little bit. It's, it's difficult in the marriage. Just quit. It's difficult at the job. Just quit. It's difficult in your walk with God. You don't have any goosebumps. You're not crying. You're, you're worshiping God. God. Oh, well, it's not working. Guess he must, I guess he must not be here. I guess he must not be with me because I'm not crying. I don't have any goosebumps. God, give me the feeling that I had before. Since I don't have the feeling that, I must, that it must not be real. So the world keeps telling us all these things. This is how you remain in love. You got to feel it. Uh, it, It's got to be on your time frame. Uh, The world is telling us all of this stuff, and that's not how Jesus said you remain in his love. This is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. We're walking verse by verse here, okay, verse by verse. Go with me to John 15, 10. This is how, how do you remain in love, in his love? If you keep my commands... If you keep my commands, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. (laughs) I didn't expect to get a ton of amens off of that one. I didn't expect it, okay? I had no no amen expectation on that one. On that one, I thought people were like, oh, no. Mind your business. (laughs) Okay. If you keep my commands, this is how you remain. Now, all of us are like trying to find some fine print here, right? We're like, okay, is there another way to remain in the love? Because what we want is the love, 
but I don't want any of the commands. <laughs> I would like to, I would like to stay in the love, but still be able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to remain in my love. I'm not trying to push you away. I'm trying to bring you closer. But how are you going to do this? You and I remain in his love by keeping his commands. Now, this is how you and I tend to read this verse. And this is a lie. Okay, I'm about to, I'm, I got some lies for you. Here's, here's one of the first lies on how you and I read this verse. We read this verse and we say, if you are perfect, you will remain in my love. That's, that's how we read it. If you are perfect, you'll remain in my love. And that's not what Jesus said. He did not say you have to do everything right at all times, always think the right thing, say the right thing, smell the right way, look the right way. He did not say that. He did not say that in every moment of every day, you have to get everything right. I used to, y'all, this is such bad theology. Some guy tricked me and he messed me up when I was young. He messed me up. He actually had me believing that when I sinned, that I, I lost my relationship with God. He, he, he told me, he told me, if you really trusted God, then you would not sin. And he was talking to me and he was so convincing. I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Because if you really love someone and if you're really connected, then you're not going to ever hurt them on purpose. So maybe I must... I must not really love God. So I went through a yo-yo in my walk with God that when I was doing good, I thought I was right with God. When I did bad, I thought I needed to be saved again. I thought my salvation left me when I did not do right. And some of y'all look at me like right now, you're like, isn't that right? No. My friends, that is a works-based, not a cross-based relationship with Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is not biblical at all. You don't lose your salvation because you make a mistake. Matter of fact, Jesus died for the mistakes you did on accident and on purpose for both of those things. So you and I now are in a right relationship with God, not based on what we do, but based on what Jesus did for us. So... So, so if that's the lie we're believing, let's now talk about what is a command. I, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. I looked it up. What, what does this word mean? Because you and I hear command, and we tend to think like a dog listening to his or her master. But God is not interested in anyone who's north or online or in Antigua or in our White Rock building right now, he's not interested in you being a dog. He's not interested in having some relationship with you where he goes, sit, stay, good boy, good girl. But we hear command and we think that there's some master dog relationship here. And God's like, no, I'm father. Your son, daughter, who, who distorted this? 
and the distortion is negatively impacting our relationship with God. So now we want to go to church on Sunday or watch on demand to appease our conscience. And then we go out, we live life any way we want to. And God's like, I don't want you just on Sunday. And I don't want you just for 35 minutes a week. I want your whole heart, your whole life, your whole body, your whole mind, all your past, all your present, all your money, all your gifts, all your talents, all your weaknesses. I want it all because I love you and I made you and I'm for you. And now I'm asking you to live in accordance with this plan and this path that I have for you. Not because I'm against you, but because I'm more for you than anyone has ever been for you. Commands. What are commands? These are, these are instructions. It's like a, the word means ordinance, order, injunction. It, it, it carries with it uh, the idea of like, hey, this is, we're going to set it up this way. And then, and then Jesus says he's kept these commands. He's asking us to keep these commands. What does keep mean? It means to guard. It means to guard. So God here is saying, I've got some commands. I've got some orders. I've got some, some ways I, I want the world to work and your life to work. What I want you to do is I want you to keep them. I want you to guard them. So the idea here is not that the commands are something that are coming against me. The commands are actually something I'm watching over. I'm a guard over the things that God has given because they're so precious to me. If you're a babysitter, uh, some of y'all have, have been babysitters. I actually was a babysitter when I was like, I did it for I was like 13 years old. I was a responsible young man. And, and this, our, our children's pastor one time, he had some younger kids. He was like, hey, can you come over and watch? I'm like, yeah, man, I can do this. He got money, he picked me up, and I went and I watched the kids, and I went home, and I got money for it. It was awesome. And, and now I don't really think we do male babysitters <laughs> anymore. That doesn't really happen because our world is so jacked up and messed up. Uh, so, but but I, I got to do this, and I, I, remember, I remember them saying, hey, hey, uh, we don't want our kids playing in the backyard when we're not home because we have our pool. Okay. It wasn't like he said, hey, I hate you. I hate my kids. You keep them out of that backyard. I know we built that pool for them, for them to swim in, but I don't ever want them swimming in that thing. You keep that. Matter of fact, show it to them and then turn their face away and say, no, you can't have it. No, 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 no. What he, what he, what he, was, what he was doing, what the dad was doing is he, he loved his kids. He cared for his kids. So he put up this boundary to say, hey, I don't trust you 13-year-old with my kids in the pool, so I'm putting in this injunction, this order, I'm putting in this ordinance, I'm, put, I'm setting up a boundary here because I love my kids so much, not because I'm trying to hurt my kids. Are y'all following me here? 
See, see, we've got a six-year-old and a 10-year-old, about to be 11, and a 16-year-old, and you and I think with commands, really, see, we all think like we're grown up with God. Like we all see ourselves as adults, like we're sitting and God, it's like a business transaction. I'm like, hey, Lord, hey, I know my life, Lord, and I know you made me and all, like that whole universe thing that you made, but hey, I feel like I understand how I need to live my life. And it would be, it's like we are sitting around and we are some six-year-olds talking about how our parents don't know what they're doing. And the six-year-old, follow me, camera. Maybe this one. Hook me up. So the the six-year-olds are sitting around, crisscross applesauce going, do you get to stay up as long as you want to stay up? And the six-year-olds are like, no, I don't get to stay up as long as I want to stay up. Oh, our parents, oh, they don't know anything. Our parents are so dumb. Our parents, they are idiots. Our parents, and if any of us walked up and we saw a bunch of six-year-olds sitting in a circle talking about how their parents don't know anything, all of us would look at them like they're idiots because they have no idea what it actually takes to pay any bills and to actually handle what goes on in their life. They have no idea what it takes to keep a roof over somebody's head and food in somebody's mouth. And you know, let me advance this. I'll go from six years old to 16 year olds. How about I do that for a second? Look at 16. Teenagers, teenagers. Let me talk to the teenagers for a second. I got one. I got one. I love them. I love them. I love them. Whoa. We weren't ready, okay? We weren't ready. Those of you who are having babies right now, there will be a day that they will become a teenager, and it's different, okay? <laughs> it's just different. But some 16-year-olds sitting around, because now you're 16, like, you can get your own food, right? You know, it's like, yeah, got my license, got my independence. You don't sit in a circle like this with your friends. You know, you, uh-oh, drop my mic. You, you, you sit, you sit, uh, you know, you go to Sonic. I don't know where you go. <laughs> you, go you go to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> where, 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 where do teenagers go? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. See, I'm 88 years old. I have no idea. I'm on Snapchat, just snapping back. I'm just snapping. I'm just snapping. <laughs> Caption, my parents know nothing. Now, I'm sure my son never does this. My son, he, you know, he loves Jesus so much. He's perfect. He never makes any bad choices. You, you, you and I, just like these teenagers, we don't know as much as we think we know. And we actually need more help than we think we need. But we tend to, when God says, hey, go this way. We might as well be teenagers on Snapchat. Oh, what do you mean don't sleep with them? What do you mean don't sleep with them? What do you mean I I should save my money? What do you mean I don't buy whatever I want to buy whenever I want to buy it? What do you mean I can't hold a grudge? What do you mean I can't walk in unforgiveness? What do you mean I can't be bitter? 
What do you mean I can't be jealous? What do you mean? And as foolish as it is for a 16-year-old, with parents that are loving and caring and are for them, to think they know what's better than the parents. That's as foolish as it is with you and I when we think about God and his commands. You know, you know what we have? Where's my, little, uh, where's, my little, where's my little stick, please? My little stick. Hook me up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, this right here, I'm not going to hit myself with it because this is called a striker. And this hurts. A little metal tip right here. I mean, yeah, you can feel it. You can feel it. Ha <laughs> ha! Okay. But this is, this is how some of us think God is with his commands. Huh. Yeah. You better not. You better not. You. Do. Some of us have parents like this. <laughs> Some of our parents ought to spend some time in jail for those whoopings that they got us. <laughs> Did your mom ever make you go pick out your switch that you got whooped with? How diabolical is that? I'm about to whoop your behind. You go pick. You go pick the stick that I use to put welts on your body, okay? <laughs> But here we are. Here we are. God, he's just like, hey, you want to come to church with me and your friends here? Oh, man, I'm serving at my church. And they're like, what? You, they think you're under a prison guard. There's like a warden that's walking around waiting for the next. It's kind of aggressive here. Sorry. Some of you are like, ah! Okay. The commands, my friend, the commands are not God with some stick. It's like, it's like a table that he has set for you. I, I, should, have, I should have brought some pictures of my wife and what she does for Thanksgiving. You, if, you ever, if you ever want a great Thanksgiving, come to our house. But you're not all invited because there's too many of you. But my wife, she can set a table. Now, she does this really for any time we're getting together as a family, and this is why our church feels like it does, because my wife loves to set the table. She loves to make sure everyone feels very, very welcome. Our hosts and our ushers and people in the chat, they're so welcoming because we like to set the table. We like you to feel like you're invited to a meal, to sit down with us, and like we've got the tablecloths and the napkins and the silverware just right and we're putting the wine glass here and if you don't drink wine we'll take it all for you uh, and we're just setting it all up and we're putting it on the table because we're inviting you in come sit down eat dine this is my table is your table let's have connection let's talk together and this is what God's commands really are this is a better picture of the ordinances and the injunctions and and, and the standards that he set up he's saying son daughter I want you to come and sit at this table with me. And when you and I stay at this table, it's, we are remaining. But when you and I say, I don't want your way, 
God, I'm not interested in your standards, in your call. He does not stop loving. You and I get up from the table. And when you and I get away from the table, my friends, life is at the table. And we're choosing the way of death over the way of life. In the Garden of Eden, when God set up Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, hey, 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 I've got something, a, a tree I don't want you eating from. You can have all these others. Have dominion. Come on, live for my glory. It was a table. He was inviting humanity to. And from the very beginning, humanity said, I don't want your table. I want my own way. And we're living in this cycle over and over and over again. When Jesus says, if, in verse number 10, when Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you remain in my love, he says, I'm smoking what I'm selling. Look at this. He says, just as I have kept my father's commands and I remain in his love. Jesus says, I'm modeling for you what I'm asking you to do. And the, 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 it's, it's not a burden. I, I felt God drop this in my heart, okay? This is not scripture. This is just a thought that popped into my heart, okay? And I felt God say, my kids are looking at my commands like they're chains when they should see them as catapults. We're seeing them as chains. We're seeing ourselves as prisoners, and God's like, no, 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 you're not a prisoner. This actually will push you into the destiny that I have for you. When you follow the path that I have for you, it does not hold you back. It actually pushes you forward. But the lie is the lie from the world and the lie from the enemy of our souls and the lie that maybe even some of us heard in some churches we were raised in is that the commands are a prison. They're not a prison. God, I felt him say to me, my kids are feeling confined when they should feel cared for. They're feeling like I'm I'm being pushed into some circle. And God's like, what? How did this get so twisted? This is not to say God is up in heaven and some weak and anemic father that is now just hoping and praying that we get it together. No, no, my friends. Listen, he is high and mighty and he does not stop being God if you and I do not obey his commands. He is God regardless. He does not lose one ounce of his power or glory based on our behavior. What he is doing is saying, I am all all powerful. I am all knowing. I am all loving. I am from forever to forever and I'm inviting you to the table and I'm inviting you to the table because I'm good and I'll continue to be good whether or not you're good but if you're willing to come to this table there's more life for you than you could ever think possible why 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 is he asking for these commands? Why is Jesus asking us to stay in sync with his commands? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Let me tell you another lie Here's another lie. Another lie is, I've told you to live. I've told you this. I've told you to keep these commands. So you live your life in fear of messing up. It's a lie. It's a lie. I've told you all this about all these commands so that you would see me as an oppressor and not as a father. It's a lie. 
I've told you all this about the commands so that you'd miss out on the best parts of life. That's why. That's why I told you this. But my friends, that's not why I told them this. Verse number 11. Come on, we're just walking through the scriptures here. Verse number 11. Look what Jesus says. Here's the why. I have told you this. I have told you this. Come on. I have told you this so that my What's the word? I've told you all this about my commands so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Wait, what? You're telling me the commands are connected to joy? How many of y'all heard this in the church you were raised in? There was like no joy. Matter of fact, the more serious you were about God, the less joy you had. <laughs> I love God. I love him. 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 I love him so much. I love him. I love him. I gave my heart to Jesus. Yeah, I gave it to him. Can't you see it on me? I don't want anything of what you have right now. I'm not interested. I don't want to go there. I don't want to read what you're reading. I don't want anything to do with the life that you're talking about because it seems like the life got sucked out of you. And Jesus actually is saying the, act, the exact opposite. I put the commands here. I've invited you to the table, not so that you get mopier, not so that your life is worse, not so that your countenance is pulled down, but rather so that my joy might actually be on the inside of you and my joy might be be complete in you. You know what joy is? Yeah, here's the truth. Here's the truth. The truth is we're given the commands to cultivate joy, not kill it. I like that. The commands were given to cultivate it, not to kill it. How did it get so twisted? How did it get so bent out of shape? How, because we started making about people's performance. We started making about us doing some song and dance. And we never understood that Jesus is like, you got to remain in my love. My friends, of course, this is not a license for you and I to do whatever we want to do. Duh. The, the scriptures teach against that over and over and over again. When you and I are remaining in the love, when I'm sitting at the table and I'm eating and I'm enjoying what God has designed for me to enjoy, I'm not even going, I'm not getting up from the table and messing with all this other stuff. And if I'm so enthralled with the table and so enthralled with my relationship with God, yes, I might have some temptations. Yes, I might see some stuff over there. And yes, I might even fall from the table. But his love and his grace is there for me to say, son, daughter, I'll pick you up and I'll put you right back in the same spot you were before. Joy is the awareness of God's grace. You're aware of his grace. 
You're aware of his, you don't have to manufacture it. You're aware of his grace. You're aware of how much he's changed you. You're aware of how good he has been. You're aware of where you are, where you were in your sin and in your trespasses and in you going your own way. And since you're aware of how far God has brought you out of all that muck and mire and mess, you cannot help but say, God, thank you that you love me despite me. Thank you, God, that you were for me even before I was for myself. Thank you, God, that you kept pursuing me when I wouldn't even pursued me. Thank you that you knew my name when I didn't even know my name. Thank you that you were willing to pick me up and put me on a firm foundation. Thank you. And since we recognize that grace of God, it turns into joy. I want your joy to be complete. You know what that word means? Filled to an individual capacity. So how much can you handle? That's how much God can give. I'm all done here. Verse number 12. I'm all done. I'm all done. Okay. You can read the rest of this chapter later. But verse number 12 says, my command is this. I'm going to sum it up for you. Jesus says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. He summed it up. Just like when they came to Jesus and said, hey, can you sum up the law and the prophets? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The same type of summary here. I'll, I'll, sum, I'll sum up everything. Love each other as I have loved you. So why don't I talk about you behind your back? Because we're trying to love each other as he has loved us. Why am I not sleeping around from person to person to person to person? Because I'm trying to love each other as he has loved us. Well, you can go down the line. You can take whatever commandment you want to take. And it gets back to if we're willing to love each other the way God loved us, the way he loved us, it actually answers a lot of questions. It solves a lot of problems. Can I give you just these four quick things, four quick things of, of how he loved us. This is four quick things, all right? Number one, confrontation. I want to start with this one because we don't like to think of love with confrontation. But I want to start with this one. We think love, we think, ooh, goosebumps. I want to start with confrontation, okay? Because if you want Christ's love, but not his correction. We don't want love, we want a fairy tale. I thought God was loving, I thought God was loving. I thought, of course he is. That's why he says, yes, no. Go here, don't go. What parent is loving and lets their kid do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it? I, I, over and over and over again, when you, ha when you have a puppy, you don't let your puppy do whatever it wants to do whenever it wants to do it. Amen. So why in the world are you and I thinking that God is some disconnected father? He's an involved father. And he's saying, I want to help guide you to become who you've been called to be. If you don't want any correction, any confrontation, you don't want love. You want frozen. 
You want a fairy tale? That's not the love that we see Jesus displaying in Scripture. He is willing to confront, and it makes all the difference in the world. Not only is he willing to confront, this is the one that we always think about with love, compassion. Compassion. How do we love? Can we love how he loved us? Compassion. Jesus was moved inwardly to meet needs and to connect with people. This is why this whole last year, I got so confused when I saw so many Christians being mean towards each other. I got so confused. Well, you know this, and you know that, and you know, and this statistic, and that statistic, and this here, and that there. And I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on here? I thought we were called to love each other as he had loved us. And we got stuck on the confrontation and did not mix in any compassion. Okay, y'all don't like that. Let me keep on going here. Let me keep on going. Consistency. Steady love, not a flaky love. Not based on behavior, but based on his character. Consistent. Last but certainly not least. It's another C because you have to do that because you're a pastor. It's like pastor code. It's the cross. You want to love how he loved us? It's the cross. So that's why we're not the ones that stand outside of an abortion clinic and yell at people. We're the ones that will grab hands with a young lady that's going to walk in there and say, how, what, what do you have on your shoulders that I can help carry for you and with you so that we can, we can come out of this thing together? Because cross lays down your life for someone else. Cross doesn't just shout. Cross moves. It's kingdom focused. It does not exalt self. It exalts Savior. This, my friends, is how Jesus loved us. And this is how he calls us to love each other. This is the remaining we have been called to. And dare I say, When we begin to walk like this, Antigua, North, White Rock Online, when we begin to walk like this, we'll see heaven invade earth in a way we never thought possible. That's what we'll see. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment. Up North, Antigua Online, I ask you to bow your heads for just a moment, just so that you can focus. If you're under the sound of my voice right now and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one, whether you're sitting in a kitchen or you're sitting in a movie theater or you're sitting in an auditorium, wherever you may find yourself in this moment, I want you to know that God has not forgotten about you and he was calling you to this moment because he says, son, daughter, I want your heart. I don't just want a segment of your time, I want your whole life. 
So if you're under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one, or at one point in time you did and you slipped away and you've gone another direction and you are saying in this moment, God, I want to respond to your grace. I want to respond to your love. I want to respond to your goodness. And I don't want to be in the driver's seat of my life anymore. I want you to be in the driver's seat. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but something bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. You're online in this room up north. Raise your hand right now. You're saying, yes, this is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. If you would not mind, put your hand over your heart right now. And every person, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, in this moment, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we lift our heads up, clap our hands with enthusiasm?